before I even uttered the word crowdfunding, I just started sharing with people what I'm doing just by a series of short Facebook videos saying, hey, this is my to-do list for this week. This is how I'm going about building a business. The only reason for that was just for me to keep myself sane because entrepreneurial journey is a lonely one for sure. It's quite an isolating, like very few friends understand what I'm doing. And by sharing those progress, I build awareness about the product and about what I'm doing. So when I said that I'm going to be doing crowdfunding campaign, when that idea visited me, it wasn't a surprise to my to my network that that's what I'm doing. And when the crowdfunding went live a few months later, it wasn't a surprise that people were like totally on board. They learned about the product. They've already by that time told their friends. This is the Ideas Lab podcast, where you can learn from great creative and entrepreneurial minds how to turn your ideas into original businesses, books, and brands. Because in a crowded world, it pays to stand out. This is your host, John Williams, best-selling author and founder of the Ideas Lab London. Some years ago, Laura Sagan learned a great home remedy from her Russian grandmother for making hair grow faster. She experimented with the formula to make it even better and just recently decided that it could make a great commercial product. She turned it into the Hair Fuel, a subscription product which she successfully launched on a crowdfunding site. So if you'd like to turn your own ideas into real-world products or you're interested in how you can run your own successful crowdfunding campaign, have a listen to this. So, Laura, I'm really glad to have you on the Ideas Lab podcast because I want to know how you created this incredible product, the Hair Fuel, and ran a successful crowdfunding campaign. But can you tell me what this thing is that you've managed to create, first of all? Well, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me, John. Super excited. Um, so the product that I've created is a an all-natural vegan hair growth mask that is shipped to all our customers on subscription. So every month they get a box with a new, uh, with full portions of that hair, uh, hair growth mask. Um, that's, the, that's the product. And uh, your question was, how did I come up with it, right? Yeah, so I mean, so the, this is a natural, these are all natural ingredients, is that right? Correct. Yeah, actually, it is produced on um, on a facility that can handle food. So technically, you can eat the mask if you want to, but <laughs> we strongly advise against it because it's, it's going to taste gross. But yes, it is all natural. Okay, so there's no nasty chemicals that are going to do anything horrendous to you. No, not at all. Yeah, that's good. And and so so a mask. This is stuff you plaster on your hair, and it and it gets through. Should you have some? And it gets through to the follicles and actually promotes hair growth. Exactly. And that, that's kind of the, the main feature of the mask is that you apply it to your scalp exactly where your hair is growing from. And that kind of what this, this logic is what steered the initial idea of um, how I've created the mask in the, in the first place. Because um, back in 12, 12, year, 12, 13 years ago, I've had a really horrendous perm dump to my hair that burned out. Like I lost a third of my hair and since like it got all burned off and it would just wouldn't grow. And I tried a lot of things. I've tried like medications. I've tried supplements. I've tried, um, I've tried horse shampoo actually, believe it or not. It's like, a what is that? Thing in the, it's a horse shampoo for, oh, yeah. for horses. <laughs> 
manes and tails. It's called mane and tail. It's actually president <laughs> in the US. I tried that. It didn't like nothing worked. A lot of the product that's products for hair growth that I came across um, were focusing on the hair length, which made no sense to me. Like that's not where the hair is growing. Why why on earth would I would be putting it on the hair length? I have to put it where the hair is growing from. So which is why the hair, if you, you apply it on your scalp, you, you avoid the lens altogether. So you see the, the hair follicle. Right. And so did you did you develop this yourself? Is this, I mean, were you just playing around for ages? How did you come up with the, the magic formula? So it's actually it's a bit of a, I mean, it's all driven by the fact that I'm a massive nerd and I'd like to understand how things work, which is, like I said, where a lot of working from the root comes from. Um, but I also have Slavic roots and the logic that kind of, there's a lot of power in nature. It has been instilled with me since I was young. Um, so I started doing research of my own, like what kind of DIY solutions available. And I came across the kind of um, ingredients, but more of that, that was logic that heating up the scalp would enable um, improvement in your blood flow, which would then in turn feed the hair follicle and support the hair growth. So it made perfect sense to me. I've tried the DIY recipe, added a few ingredients of my, of, of my own, kind of applying the same logic. Okay, what would help blood flow in scalp? And I put it on. What was super awesome is that I could actually feel it working. So you can feel it on your scalp. I really love the product that I can feel at work because sometimes you just put a cream or whatever and it, you don't feel it working. Like, does it actually? Um, so yeah. And then over the years since I've been tweaking the recipe, adding ingredients, subtracting the ingredients until I have this, um, I, I kind of came up with a formula that was completely logical. It had all the goodness. And even now still, I kind of come across ingredients sometimes of like, Ooh, that would be really good to add these or maybe create some sort of serum. So it's like, it's still the process of learning doesn't stop for me in, uh, in that sense. So when did you decide, okay, I'm going to make this into a real product and try and sell it? Uh, I think it was 2016, so it's 2019, three years ago. <laughs> Funnily enough, I was reading a book. I just read the book uh, for our work week, I think, uh, three, four months ago, and it came across the idea of dropshipping. We didn't kind of, uh, I mean, it's not dropshipping in the sense that the product that actually I've created myself and uh, got it certified and all that. Um, but, uh, the model that you actually outsource to manufacturing, you know, you don't need to purchase your own machine, nothing. You don't need to worry about the warehousing. It seemed great and logical. So that was kind of on the back of my, of my head. And at the time I was kind of going through a career change and I thought, well, one of the evenings I remember that quite clearly I was so, I was growing my hair out. And I was so lazy to mix up the hair mask because, like, I, I had to source the ingredients and, like, make a mess in my kitchen. And I was like, I just can't bother. Can't I just prepare and keep it in my cupboard for all the time that I want to use it? And then I think there's, like, this two unrelated thoughts came together. And I was like, well, if I can mix it and keep it in my cupboard, surely I can offer it to other people using this dropshipping model. I'm sure it's not going to be that hard. <laughs> um, it was, it, I, it definitely was. I mean, it is still challenging. It's not as easy because um, when you produce actually your own product, when you design your own product, you need to go, you need to put it through a number of tests and certifications and such. So it definitely took me a long, a long time to get to get to here. 
Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, but that's, sometimes you need that naivety at the beginning and go, yeah, that's a good idea. I think I'll do that. Because otherwise, if you knew how much hard work it would be, you might not try it. Yes, I, I think it's, it's it's very important is to kind of maintain the sense of wonder and this naivety. I think it's a really good word because I think there's this in, in the Apple campaign, people, um, it's like 1997, is the people who think they can change the world, they actually could. And it's so true. Thanks for saying that. It's actually a good point. <laughs> And so you decided to turn it into a product, and, and that meant, you had, I mean, it's quite a big thing if you're going to prepare something that people are going to put on their skin, and you've presumably had labs involved and all sorts of things along the way. Absolutely. <laughs> That's been quite complicated. And then, so when did you have the idea to, do, to run a crowdfunding campaign? Um, the idea, I think it was early this year. So 2019 is what, October 2019 was January, I think, January, February. I've applied for a um, a business loan and I got rejected at approximately the same time I was reading into different funding options because obviously, like you said, um, creating the formulation and then taking it through the proper laboratory certification and test, it costs a lot of money. Um, so I was looking at the different options of how to fund this. And um, I think I came across an article somewhere online, a, a YouTube influencer was sharing her experience and using a specific crowdfunding platform that is like a Kickstarter for women-led businesses. And I reached out to them and I, I kind of said that I'm a European business with their US-based platform. And I, I just took it from there. And that site's ifundwomenisit.com? Yes, it's called ifundwomen.com. And they offer uh, coaching, they offer... Um, yeah, like kind of handhold, a handheld journey to the people who decide to raise money um, through their platforms. So it's for anyone's contemplating doing a crowdfunding campaign, and if you're self-identified as female, definitely look into them. And um, so, how do you approach a successful crowdfunding campaign? Because yours has been successful. Um, what do you have to do? I think. It, it, you, You've probably learned a lot, I would imagine, in the process. How do you start that? Because I imagine a lot of people probably think, well, okay, I'll put up a page and a description of the product, and then the money will start coming in. And I'm guessing it's not quite as simple as that. <laughs> um, definitely. So crowdfunding campaigns start way before the crowdfunding page is live, way before you even start shooting the video. Like it starts months and months in preparation. I find women recommends, I think, a few weeks before, but for me personally, my journey started like months when I decided that I'm going to do crowdfunding campaign. There are other things that were happening at the same that felt in my gut right to do. And then as the crowd, as I started understanding what crowdfunding entails, I realized that initial instinct of my gut um, was right. So um, in my case, I started sharing my updates within my network and just saying this is what I'm doing before I even uttered the word crowdfunding, I just started sharing with people what I'm doing just by a series of short Facebook videos saying, hey, this is my to-do list for this week. This is how I'm going about building a business. The only reason for that was just, it's for me to keep myself sane because entrepreneurial journey is a lonely one for sure. It's quite an isolating, like very few friends understand what I'm doing. Um, and by sharing those progress, I, I kind of got... I build awareness about the product and about what I'm doing. So when I said that I'm going to be doing crowdfunding campaign, when that idea visited me, it wasn't a surprise to my to my network that that's what I'm doing. And when the crowdfunding went live a few months later, 
it wasn't a surprise that people were like totally on board. They learned about the product. They've already by that time told their friends. Um, but I have to say that it wasn't it wasn't my plan to do it. It just happened. Um, it was complete. It was a complete coincidence. That's really interesting, and I think your your gut sounds very reliable because I know someone who Matt Thomas, who's a content expert and content marketing person, and he created a product called Beard Poo, which is a shampoo for beards for men, obviously. <laughs> and um, and he said when he was the way he marketed it was that at every stage of design of that product he talked about what he was doing so when he had three different bottles to look at and to compare he would do a video and go like okay it's bottle choice time today and i kind of like this one over here but what do you think of that one and then he gave a label you know we're trying to design a logo we got i quite like this one not sure about that he would walk into bottling plants and go well here we are at the bottling plant so everything you got to see and when you're immersed in that world, you might think that's not interesting to other people. But in actual fact, if you're interested in how things come to life and how you turn an idea into a real product, it's absolutely fascinating. We're in because the majority of people, particularly who have a job, don't do these kind of things. They might make um, well, they might make a family. They might make a holiday happen. But beyond that, mostly they just do what their job tells them to do. So it's quite a different experience in life to say here's an idea i'm now going to realize that idea out into the world and i think that's why that kind of process of just opening up everything you're doing and your thinking is really powerful and that includes you know i think i saw some of your videos it includes you know moments of doubt and those sorts of things for sure oh i i my my objective with these videos was to a keep myself accountable because I started doing it as a weekly goal setting exercise. So I would say, "Here is the week ahead, and here are my goals." And then a week later, I'll be like, "Here are the goals that I've achieved. Here are the goals I didn't." But what happened is that the year that I've had actually was crazy. It was a lot of growth, and there was uh, family bereavement as well. And how I de- and I kept it all transparent. So the good stuff and the bad stuff. You know, it's kind of like in the movies you see a person's creating something. Um, I think in social network, like, here's the idea. And then they kind of skip a few years, so a few months, and then suddenly they have, like, all this investment. There's a montage, a montage with some snappy music. And exactly. People do and this it, for a while, and, yeah. Exactly. And it's so, and that would really annoy me because in, in my journey, I was trying to find a lot of, um, like, inspirations and role models, and I was trying to understand people's journey in their in in their process of building a in a business, and too many times I just came across, oh, they just worked for two years. Like, well, what did it entail? What did they go through? What are they? And what I'm feeling emotionally is it valid? Is it valid to feel devastated? Is it valid to doubt yourself? Is it valid to feel happy? Like, and all this, and for me, it was important to create to maintain um, the the authenticity of the story, the good stuff and the the good stuff and the bad stuff for sure. No, that, that's so important. And and people really resonate with it because it's so rare. Because <clears throat> all, all we get now is the montage of people's lives as well. Of like, you know, here's the picture of me and Bali having a cocktail. And not the moment, you know, the next day when you're hungover and you feel rather lonely. And then you realize that your business isn't working or whatever it might be. And then the week after it is working. So when you open up that process, it's very... Um, it's very appealing to people and you, you really get a magnetic effect. So you were doing these videos and then that, what that meant was, and you're doing that for a few months, when you said, okay, actually, I think I'm going to do a crowdfunding campaign to sell the first batches 
of the hair fuel, um, there were people that you already had an audience ready to buy it. I've had, I've had so by far not all of my network or my target customers, like for sure. And it wasn't, and like I said, it wasn't the initial idea. I mean, if I knew that that would be an approach, I would have probably created a hair growing community on Facebook and started like giving my updates there rather than on Facebook to all my friends. But yes, it came for, to do crowdfunding and actually becoming more and more serious about that. Um, a lot of people, they were like, oh, I'm going to support you. Um, or like, oh, I've told my friend about what you're doing and she's or the, he is waiting for, for the crowdfunding to go live. So it wasn't a surprise um, when I had that. But yeah, follow your guts. <laughs> and so once you go, once you go live, it, is there anything key you think that you did on the actual crowdfunding page that made a difference? So did, is there a video on the crowdfunding page of you or something like that that you felt was really critical to get right? Absolutely. I think the video is 100% something that you absolutely need to do. And I think the personal story, when people see who you are and what you do, because crowdfunding, we only get to hear about this crazy, amazing crowdfunding successes that were more than 1,000% funded. But most of the successful crowdfunding campaign, I mean, they reach 100% and people are very happy. And it is actually their immediate network that um, that they get invested first. Um, so, but, but the video is a very good medium to, 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 to convey that personal message of why you as a founder or founders um, need this money for sure. Um, yeah, so video, video is key. Um, make it funny if you can. Uh, I was trying to make that funny, but I don't think it, it, it was quite funny. It was just a genuine story of the, the product and my own personal story behind it. That's a good idea. And then so once it goes live, what do you what did you do around the launch date? Is there some stuff that people who are thinking of doing a crowdfunding campaign, what do you need to do to be ready for that launch date? Or what do you do on the day itself when it goes live? Um, truth to be told, John, on the day where I got my video cut, I actually had to fly to New York to shoot the video with iPhone Woman. That's a whole different story. But um, that, that, that's how important video was to me. Um, but on the day of the launch where I received the, the final cut of the video and I put the page up and no one really, like you don't get notification that com- your campaign is up or anything like that. I was literally in my room. I even took a selfie of me and sent some friends. I was wrapped in, a, in an anti-anxiety blanket and, <laughs> and, I, and I pressed launch and I, and I was like, okay, that's launch. It's not like money just starts for a name. It's like, no, it's life. And then the... Um, uh, the, what's important is that first you launch the campaign in the what's known as an incognito mode. So before it goes, it, it's already online, but only can be accessed via private link. So I send this link to people who have previously were super keen supporters um, of their product, and I've encouraged them to um, to make their contribution to purchase the product or to purchase one of the rewards um, before the campaign actually goes live officially. So if that makes sense, I had like three, four days before, I think it was on Friday. So the weekend, throughout the weekend, I was messaging people to say like, hey, campaign is live. Um, If you want to do a contribution beforehand, please do that now. So on the official day, it was actually like, I already had some money in it. So it wasn't like a zero. That's really good. And that pre-launch, process is very powerful in marketing in general so if you say like it's going to go live on this day 
but here's a secret link where basically it's on the website. It's a bit like an unlisted YouTube video. You can point people to it, but if you search, you can't find it just as a normal punter. So then you can send it to people and go, hey, you've got the first chance to get the best deals on the bonuses when you when you pledge. And uh, that gives them an urgency to actually take part before it goes live. And then once it goes live, you've got this nice thing that it, like you say, it doesn't say zero out of $5,000. It says whatever amount out of five, you know, something that's non-zero, anything that's non-zero is good, basically. Yeah, exactly. For sure. I mean, like, even if like if you, if, if you don't do this pre-launch, just put $50 yourself and just so it's not a zero like that because zero is a very scary number. Um, for sure. And also what um, I did differently in my crowdfunding campaign, because I already had a product, bat- like a batch of the small batch of products available, I encouraged people to um, uh, purchase via the crowdfunding. And then throughout the crowdfunding, the shipping has already begun. But my, my crowdfunding campaign in a sense was slightly different. Um, so by the end of the crowdfunding campaign, where you need to do a lot of messaging and a lot of reach out as well, people who have received the box at the very beginning, by the end of the campaign, were already were giving our reviews, which would then, um, I was able to update on the crowdfunding page and say, here are reviews, like you've already enjoyed it. So it's like, that's what, that's, that's another thing that, idea. again, happened almost by accident. <laughs> <laughs> you may just, you may have a natural instinct for this thing, I think, Laura. So, um, <laughs> And and so during that period of, of I was going to say open cart, you know, in internet marketing terms, it's it's open cart. But it's, while the crowdfund campaign is live, and you've not met your target, um, what did what kind of things did you do to get people to find out about if it didn't know already? It's important, I think, to use the word support because. For different people, support means different things. For some people, they might throw some money in it, which is great, fantastic. For some people, they may not know the, may not want the product, or may not have the money, but they still want to support you, and they're going to publish the the post, your story, your video, um, on their page, on their Instagram, or on their Facebook, wherever the, the the network is. So, personal reach out is incredibly uncomfortable because you're like, can you please support me? But I think the people, I mean, crowdfunding is a lot about your network, and people know you. And they know you and stay in touch with you for a reason. So it's okay to say, hey, could you support me? But then open that um, interpretation of the word support up to them. You can't force someone to support you in the way that you want to be supported, but it just leave it up to the people. That's a really good idea. And I, yeah, and, and so it can be just as useful for somebody to share a video or, or share the campaign page as it is for them to buy. Because if, if, if they're not looking to buy it, then you know, they can expose it to a hundred new people who might then buy. Exactly. And so, and then at the end, so what I, what I hear about crowdfunding is you often get a burst of sales at the beginning and a burst of sales at the end. So the end period was quite important, wasn't it for you? Yes. Actually, on the last day, um, I raised $1,500, <laughs> which is, I think it's a third. 25% or something? I don't know what. No, no, no. Yeah, something like that, 25, 30%. <laughs> but by that time, we already have surpassed the, the, the goal. It was just the last push, the last few days was definitely absolutely paramount, paramount because what happens is like there's a dip in the in the middle of the crowdfunding. Ours was for six weeks. Um, and then the first initial push was important. It's like this whole hype. It's like, yes, I've launched. Then there was like four weeks of 
Yeah, an occasional someone would purchase their rewards, or that's where actually a lot of our um, a lot of purchases happen from outside my network. Um, so from PR efforts and such. And then the last two days, yes, just messaging people say, hey, I remember that you you said that you wanted to support me or I remember you expressed interest in in having the masses. And for me, it was, I mean, like it was a very clear incentive for them because um, the product was sold at 30% discount exclu- uh, with, with free shipping. So it was a damn good deal. So like I had a, I had a motivation. I knew it was a win-win scenario, both for the people I'm messaging and then... Um, and then for me, of course, because it means better performance of my crowdfunding campaign. And I did live videos, something I did not do before. Like, I'm not, I'm just, I really was not comfortable with the, all these live videos. But I did it in the last day, like crazy. I did an Instagram live. I did it on my, on my business page. I did it on my personal page. I did it on my Facebook. Um, I did it like basically shout. I had not at that point. I was like, you know what? If I'm not going to put my best foot forward, I will forever regret that I didn't. So I just did my best. And then in the evening, I just went went out for dinner with some friends and celebrated the effort. <laughs> so what was it like when you saw the final figure? And how much did you make in the end? In the end, it was $8,543. Wow. For a target of $5,000. So you overshot by more than 50%. I don't know what that is, but yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I What was really interesting is that uh, when I went to bed, um, there was one number and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm happy. And I think it was about eight, 8,100, something like that. And then by the time I woke up and I went to bed be- after midnight, but because the platform was hosted in the U.S. servers, that deadline was six hours later. So there are some people who were able to purchase the reward and, res- and respond to the messages while I was sleeping. So I actually uh, woke up the next day when the campaign was officially over um, to a different number, which was like, which is amazing. <laughs> So now if people want to buy it, they buy it for, they presumably, is the crowdfunding campaign closed? They come to the Hairfield website now to buy it? Correct. So with the crowdfunding campaign, once it was over, I took a week off, just kind of relaxed, and I opened the the, the web shop um, a week later. So, yeah. And it, it, what's the website address just for people who want to go check it out? Thehairfuel.com. Okay, great. So thehairfuel.com. And now... Uh, you sell it on subscription, so you you don't sell it a single packet at a time. People subscribe and they get it delivered to them. Is that right? Correct. Um, so there are different packages, three-month, six-month, and 12-month subscription. Uh, it gets delivered to your door. We currently ship to the UK, US, and uh, and, and the, within the EU. Um, the plan is to expand further, but that's like uh, maybe a year, for, like a year from now. Um, yes, it gets delivered to your door. You place your order. Um, currently also thinking about some special Christmas packaging. If you want to gift uh, someone a, a gift of beautiful hair, you could. Uh, but yes, it's all life. It's all up and running. I think right now it's been now it's ten days since the since, since the website since the shop is um, is open is open for business. And it looks fantastic. Who designed your website? It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. I did. <laughs> did you? Because you, you're a designer, aren't you? I remember, I think that was, because we met in Bali in, at, at, at Fuck Up Nights, which is uh, an, uh, where you describe, uh, you know, something that didn't go right in your life or work. And uh, and I think I remember then that you were talking about being a designer. So, yeah, no, it looks great. So um, that's great. And what's next for the hair fuel? I mean, what, what 
plans are there from here? Well, actually, this next following Monday, I am going to meet my manufacturer and talk about developing a hair supplement. So something that you use first if you do follicles using the hair mask and then you support it by taking special well, vitamins um, to, to feed your hair growth from within. So that's one thing of starting that conversation. The immediate future is definitely Christmas. So we're gearing up for that and making sure that there is, uh, you know, everything is working, but everything is working. I mean, it's been working already. Um, and, and kind of more of a medium to long-term, uh, it's the expansion of into other geographies. One is the Middle East is one of them. And then another one is like we actually have quite a bit of traffic from Latin America. So kind of establishing that um, a proposition that means translating the website as well and the same goes with the Middle East um, and then seeing how it goes uh, from there. But that's about, I would say it's about a year from now. But maybe I'm again, I'm being naive about how easy it is, but I spoke to my lab what kind of certifications they need to, to have. I mean, it takes effort, but it's totally doable. Wow, that's great. It's exciting stuff. So there's a lot of information there for anyone who's just on the general journey of making a product, bringing a product to market, but also crowdfunding specifically. Um, I think that's fascinating. So anyone who wants to check out the product can go to thehairfuel.com. Are you on any particular social media a lot if people want to follow more about what you're doing? We're focusing right now on building the traffic to the website because that's another thing because the traffic to the website belongs to you. So no change in algorithm can can affect it. Um, the we, we do have Instagram accounts, so the hairfuel.com. Um, sorry, the hairfuel, um, and Facebook as well. So whatever whatever is your medium, subscribe to that. The best way is to go to the website, subscribe to the newsletter, and get the hair growth tips. I think that, that if you want to stay up to date about the actual product and what works and what doesn't. And I also heard that it works for men. Just asking for a friend. <laughs> it does. It does work for men. Um, we actually have a few the little product to kind of I'm, I'm my own customer. So it is targeted at women initially as a early uh, early adopters, but for men because they're um, hormones involved pretty much majority of the hair growth product are always going to be working better for women than it is for men but when it comes to men the earlier that people start um, using the mask the better it is so before letting go uh, letting your hair follicles reduce in size significantly just start doing as like as soon as you see some extra hair on your pillow or or shedding over here in the back of your head just 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 go ahead and start looking at the problem don't like try to sweep it under the rug Yes, well, it kind of, yes, well, maybe there'll be a male product in the future. It reminds me of a friend who had the license for um, uh, an animal shampoo that was for, that, that worked on cats, dogs, and horses. And one of the, I was in a business mentorship group with them and uh, with him. And uh, the business mentor said, well, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to make separate products for cats, dogs, and horses. And they have different, you know, they have a picture of the animal on the front and they call different things. And he goes, but it's the same product. He goes, yeah, but no one knows that. So what he, what he's doing is he's saying, <laughs> if, we're not actually trying to con people. We're not trying to say like it doesn't work if you use it on the other animal. But what happens is it will never sell as well as if, you know, you want, if you're looking for a sh horse shampoo, you want to see horse shampoo written on the bottle. So it's just a kind of reassurance 
So um, uh, I would imagine for you, if you do do a male product one day, but you'll probably tweak it because you won't be able to resist it and there'll be other things you want to change too. I mean, you definitely can use the product. Men men are using this product. So it's like it definitely men can use it. But because the messaging is, you know, in all our social media, we, we're using women. So it's kind of like create this message. So yeah, I think maybe it's just adjusting the message a little bit at some point. or introducing the similar product, like you said, <laughs> which is exactly the same, but it says, Oh man, <laughs> it's going to be dark in color. Yeah, there's no pink and it's sort of white on black instead of black on white. Well, that's <laughs> why I chose yellow in my branding because it's kind of gender neutral. So, <laughs> Okay, great. Well, I'm very impressed, Laura. It's brilliant to, to see what you've done. And um, you're in Amsterdam at the moment because you, 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 you kind of like to roam all over the world. <laughs> I met you in Bali. And um, uh, do you think you're going to be in Amsterdam for, for the future, for the near future at least? For the near future, for sure. I, I'm really enjoying, enjoying Amsterdam, living in the Netherlands. Again, followed my gut to move here. And now I'm learning Dutch and I kind of don't want to, stay, to, to have this investment of my time think. Um, so for near, near future, I'm in Amsterdam. But of course, I, I visit and I travel friends uh, all over the world, really. <laughs> okay. Well, great. Great to catch up with you. It's good to see you too, John. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ideas Lab podcast. Please do subscribe. And if you've enjoyed this episode, it would be great if you could leave us a review. You can get links and details of everything mentioned in the podcast in the show notes, along with photos and video clips from many of our episodes. Just go to theideaslab.org forward slash podcast. Podcast.